Welcome to the Meet Your Mind online podcast. Today we have James Ellis, who is the CEO from the Harmony Consultancy Group. Um, I think we'll head straight over to you, James, and you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is um, that maybe you find is so important with mental health in the workplace. We can start there. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So look, thanks a lot for for having me on, um, Jess. It's obviously good to talk to you. I've listened to a few of your other podcasts and everything, and um, there's always quite a you know a broad range of like topics and and, and things sort of touched on. Um, you obviously put together that plan for us as a as a company for Harmony um, to just keep our uh, staff right when it comes to um, you know mental health and well being and all of that sort of stuff in the workplace and. Um, they've actually found it really useful like I say before we jumped on here I sort of obviously fed that back to you but um, so it's been really good I've had some really good feedback um, on that Um, and it's not that we sort of needed it because there was anything that needed fixing it was something that I'm just aware of that we want to keep everyone on the right track and make sure that they're happy moving forward Um, as you pointed out to me before when we spoke um, that they've got the right tools um, how to deal with stress and um, you know, anxiety if they're a little bit anxious. And um, I think it's really good what you're doing with these conversations to bring um, conversation like this into sort of normality rather than it being a bit of a taboo subject that we don't want to speak about. I find that um, really interesting what you're saying about trying to bring the mental health um, mm. topic into, you know, into the limelight because I'm finding a lot of companies that I am... Um, kind of what's that word approaching and trying to suggest our services as a company to will still have that stigma no 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 we're fine no we don't need that you know I think I heard a couple of weeks ago about the um it's not my responsibility to look after their mental health and I thought that was wild that we're still living in a day and age where mental health isn't some CEOs, some business owners, some managers are still very much like, nope, I don't even want to look at it. So I think it's great that yeah. that you're even, you know, you even approached it, you're even open to it, and you're you're giving that set of tools to your yeah. employees too. Yeah, well, it's, look, it's important. And the thing is, it doesn't come from uh, like a, you know, a tick box exercise as well. And I think that's really important that people don't just appear to be doing things that, um that they should be doing, so let's just do it. I think it's really important. And at the end of the day, it just comes from uh, being sort of empathetic towards the people that work for you. They're giving you um, all of their hours of their day, you know, pretty much. People, however much a lot of people will, like the clock in, clock out stuff, you know, come in at eight, finish at four or five and and leave their work at work. A lot of people, like me included, I've always been this way. When I finish work, I'm still thinking about it. I can't leave it. And I'm still checking my emails because I don't want to have too much to do the next day and I want to make sure I'm on top of things. And other people, when they care about your company or they care about the goal that the company's moving towards, do that too. It doesn't matter if you tell them they work eight to four, nine to five with a 10, you know, a 10 a.m. break or whatever. People do think about work outside work. And um, for those people to know that you appreciate what they're doing and allow them a bit of flexibility um and and show that you care about you know the way that they work and and how they feel at work is i think is is exactly what we should be doing and um i think that empathy comes from being on the receiving end because i'm an employer now which is great but when i was an employee 
I have to be honest, and I suppose I, I, you you won't mind me talking openly on this about the way that I I suppose I felt being an, an employee, but um, you know the management that I had and the people that I was working for wherever I worked, I always felt like. And maybe this is why now I, I own a company, but that there was a better way to do it. Or if my circumstances at the time um, prevented me from doing something, like you mentioned about sick days as well and, and people taking time off, um, I just very rarely felt like my employers would understand my situation, where I was coming from, um, you know, why... I did something why I made a certain decision. It was sort of their way or the highway. Yeah. And um, as we sort of move forward and we're working remotely and people are being more open to the way that other people work, um, I would suggest that it's better for the employer to give more freedom and sort of autonomy over the um, employee. And also it's better for the employee. So, um, you know, there's obviously, I hope you'll agree with that, that there's pros and cons to, remote working and you know there's plenty of people for and against I'd say yeah and you touched on so many different topics there and I think you know the Mm. and all of them are so valid and necessary to talk about especially with what's going on and I think the first one that I'll probably circle back on is that you know the the sick days and I think you know Mm. you correlated that in with you know working in a certain environment and I was I was actually yeah. thinking about this today when I was kind of doing up the agenda and that's why I put it on yeah. is mm-hmm. the I remember specific, you know being an employee too because I was obviously an employee yeah. as well you know and now I I own the um my business but I would find if it got too hectic in the office or if there wasn't um enough support or I wasn't feeling mm-hmm yeah supported and engaged with my team then I'd start to build resentment and when I'd build resentment Mm. then I'd start to be "Mm, you know I've asked for some help for x amount of x amount of days and I'm not getting that support or help so now I'm going to start feeling a little bit lethargic and I don't particularly like what I'm doing and now I don't particularly like the people that I'm working with so now you're checking out and now I'm checked out and then it gets to you know and then if I do get poorly I'm going to stop wanting to show up and work those extra hours because I'm not being valued in my position or in my you know, mm-hmm. in in my space. So why am I going to do that for you? And then I think what happens is, is as that carries on, and I'm starting to get more resentful, more lethargic, checking out a little bit more, I'm going to stop yeah. wanting to even show up at all. And if I get the opportunity, yeah. if I do feel a little bit sniffly, or a little bit poorly, mm-hmm. I am going to want to stay in bed. That's not even to acknowledge yeah. the fact if I've got mental health issues on top of that, and I'm really yeah. suffering inside, yeah. then I'm not going to want to get out of bed. I'm not going to want to no, try and no. see other people. So this whole cycle of, you know, and you said empathy as well. If we're not being able to show up for our employees exactly. or, or the people that are working underneath us. Yeah. It just starts with that. Exactly. It starts with that. And I suppose I'll just, you know, I know I sort of skimmed over a few bits and I suppose the way that it ties together, I'll explain what had happened a little bit from the start of the business. So my business is just shy of two years old now. Um, So we're a fairly young company um, and it was born. So I know we we sort of said we'll touch on remote working, but but the the reason the company exists now is because of the changes that come into play. And the management I was receiving 
before, um, maybe a year before, 12 months before we went into lockdown. And then the micromanagement that followed once we started remote working um, is what pushed me over the edge. And I'll just explain what that looked like. So I, I moved to Glasgow um, from Bristol in 2018. Okay. And um, I took a job as a business development um, executive for a apprenticeships company. Um, and basically the, the, the line managers that I had, they weren't business owners, they were line managers, right, which is fine. Um, but they, the, their understanding of my situation at the time wasn't really there. Now, when I moved up, I was in debt quite severely. So I was in, well, I say severely, but for me, it was severe, £10,000. Obviously, some people, that's a lot of money, others, not so much. But, but I was in debt by £10,000 when I moved up. Um, I was on my own, so I moved up to be closer to my daughter. So I left everyone I knew, everything, to rent a room in a flat and go to work and, and, and to, to be near my daughter. But I didn't have enough money really to pay for everything that I needed to pay for and um, to get chip away at this debt because I didn't obviously want this hanging over me forever. Um, so I, I'm a plasterer by trade. Years, years ago, I, I was a plasterer and, and, and pretty handy, you know. So um, I, I bought a van and I thought, well, I'm going to do sales in the daytime and then I'm going to do plastering in the nighttime and use the cash to, to chip away at the debt. Now, when my managers at QA found out that that's what I did, um, they pulled me into an office and said, we're really not happy about you working um, on the side. This should be your only focus, this job. Now, my, my situation, my, well, I'm quite straight, right, talking. So I said, if you don't pay my rent, it's not really any of your business. We've, you've contracted me hours. And outside of that, I'll do what I want. And that's just up to me. Um, so I, I pretty much said that because it really annoyed me because at the time I was obviously working from eight in the morning till whatever at night on my own and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, but, you know, it was working. What I was doing was working because I was getting work and, and I sort of felt a bit offended that that was the way that they come at me with it. And there was always comments about it and, 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 and stuff and a real negative view. And I was almost seen as like a rebel because I didn't just fall in with the company lines. And there was a lot of people who had been there a long time in this company that were like, to be honest, bum licking the management. It's the only way to put it. And I'll just put it that way. The, 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 you know, brown noses, right? And I'm sort of thinking, well, if I'm delivering for your company and my job is to bring in people to take on young people to place in employment and I'm doing a really good job at that and I'm respectful and I'm in every day on time and I'm not, you know, doing anything wrong, then I don't really think there should be much of a conversation to be had. And, um, but, you know, you, you don't want somebody sort of giving them an inch and them taking a mile. And um, I feel like that's what had happened when I was working there. Um, so I got offered a job um, with a, an R&D specialist um, around that time when all of this was happening and it was a more money, more serious job. And it actually meant I could stop plastering because it was a, a much better job. So, um, I took the job because of the micromanagement and everything and, and the more money. So I took the job, um, threw myself into it and, um, with the idea that I wouldn't have to do plastering again, that was it. I was like, well, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to be a master at this and, I'm going to chuck myself into it. So 
I was working morning, noon and night for this company, even though I was only scheduled the hours, you know, eight till five or whatever it was. And um, everything was going great for a couple of years, two years or plus. Um, and then coronavirus comes in. Yeah. We have to work from home. Um, I'd always delivered for this company. So for the year, just two years that I was there, I'd consistently delivered good value, introduced great clients and, and done everything that I, I was good at. Um, and then when we worked from home, um, that's when it changed. Okay. Um, obviously, it was a new time for all of us. We all went through this together. Nobody really knew how to deal with this. So it's not any one person's fault. No. Um, but I think that what led to me being feeling like I was getting pushed away was, you know, calls it regular calls on the hour, every hour to check, to check what I was doing. Basically it's the only way. And it was like, Oh, make sure we're doing a call to see how you can be productive working from home. We're going to do a, um, a call to tell you to have a shower in the morning oh, and then to make sure that you do this and that. And I was just like, look, I'm spending more time on the phone to you than I am to the clients. Is that quite degrading as well? Having being told kind of how to do the job that you've yeah. always done and how to kind of look after yourself. Now there's, I think, cause sometimes there can be this crossover between trying to be helpful and just it being quite yeah. downright rude as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what it is. I think that that's exactly like you touched on it there. I think that people are different, right? And this is why it's such a complex topic, working from home and how to manage people. It's never going to be one size fits all because people are just different. We're, we're so different and so complex that it's just, you know, it's remarkable really when you think about it. But, um, but what I sort of, the way that I was looking at it is if I don't deliver for you, then let's have a conversation about what am I doing at home if I'm not doing what I've been doing. And if I am doing what I've been doing, then just leave me, let me do it and let me handle how I'm working from home. I don't need you to, you know, parent me. I'll, I'll do the job. Um, and, and I think as an employer, and again, it's not me complaining about what's happened because look, we've all had jobs with managers and bosses that we don't like, but it's just explaining that that's what's led me, I think. And again, I'm not, no one's perfect. I'm not saying I'm the best boss in the world. There's probably plenty of employees that are like that guy's an ass after a conversation, right? But, um, but what I'm saying is it's those things that make me feel like I have a duty to be, to understand. If someone comes in and tells me that they're getting a second job, why is that? Have they got financial difficulties? Do they need help? You know, if someone comes in and says to me, I'd rather if we didn't have these calls because I've just got this to do. No problem. Look, listen, I'll let you do what you need to do. Um, let's just catch up on Friday and you can fill me in on where you've been and we'll do it like that. So I think that it's just knowing that each person's a bit different yeah. and everyone's going to need a little bit of a different relationship with you. And um, you just need to be like, yeah, aware of that, I think, moving forward. No, and I think that that's a really it's a really good point because we are all different and we do all, you know, we live life subjectively. We only know what we know, you know, we can only come from our own experience. I could something we could be both on this call right now and we could be both taking it completely differently. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's how it works. And especially if you're, I was thinking about this as well the other day that we spend our working hours are more than we'd spend in at home with our families. You know, if, if you're in the office, if you're, at, if you're working from home, then that's obviously a little bit different, 
but when yeah. we we spend the majority of our time with our with our colleagues and with the people that we yeah. work with or work for and that if we're unable to build solid foundations and relationships with those people then there's going to be an yeah. effect on our work and on how we feel do you think that that's something that yeah. you feel is important to try and build those solid foundations for the people that work with you yeah i, I mean i'm Again, I, I like to be an open book. Um, I don't like the closed doors, excuse me, I don't like the, um, you know, behind closed doors conversations. Oh no, what's that meeting about? You know, sort of stuff, whispers. We yeah. do things in the open. We did it when we were in an office now anyway, we sort of let people come and go as they please. Um, but um, but openly, you know, it's like, look, what are you doing? You know, you, what are you doing if you're having sort it out? And you say it in front of everyone, everyone knows that there's no secrets. Yeah. which I feel makes it a better, more inclusive environment um, w- with regards to that. And, and it builds a bit of trust with the employees. You say what you're going to do and you, and you do it and you stick to it. And, you know, they do things outside of work together, which, you know, don't involve me. A lot of things we do together, which, which do involve me. We're going to play football tonight and we've got a business fives tournament on Tuesday. Um um, you know, so we do lots of things together as well. We're, we're friends. Most of, you know, we're all friends, I would say. Um, and, and so, you know, some people would say you need to draw the line behind that stuff. But for me, I think that, the you know, companies that do really good things and, and go on to do good things, they do have that, it sounds cheesy to say, but they do have a bit of a family vibe to it. They go to each other's weddings, they go on holidays. And that's what I was trying to, that's what I'm trying to build. And, and, feel like we're getting there we're even two years in we all you know really good friends I'd say yeah and do you think that transpires into the work that gets completed because I've got this theory and and one of the reasons that you know I do what I do and how I want to be a boss and a manager as well is if if people are happy working with me for me or in and around me then the work is going to be you know they're going to be wanting to do good work like I was saying earlier around that idea if I'm not feeling comfortable in my environment or I don't get on with my colleagues I'm going to get resentful if you're working from a resentful place work's not you know you're not you're not producing like high quality work and that is effectively what we're getting paid for is to produce that work and I think I think that's very important to to maintain you know like you're saying with friendships but you know I think do, do you find with with that like setting in in your business that that transpires into the work and, and people do want to over overproduce yeah exactly that I think you you pointed it out to yourself with your own experience about checking out you know about checking out and and all it takes is a few um you know negative comments negative conversations um being irrational from a boss, um, questioning you when you you know you've done nothing wrong, you know not taking on your advice. A lot of bosses will do it one way and not take any 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 information at all the other way and say, oh, could we do this better? Right, okay, that's good. You're, you're hiring these people because you've recognised that they are good at what they do and you need them. You need yeah. them. So why would you hire them and then? And then point the finger at them and, and and not just work together on it. And I think that when you do that, like you said, it, it's the opposite of that is checking out. If, if you want to be 
you know, not a very nice person to people and just be in charge and bossing everyone around, then they're not going to want to do everything for you. And you're probably, what you'll do is you'll find you'll have a lot of people come in, you won't pay them very much money. And most people who have any sense will leave your business. So you'll be stuck with people that are really not very ambitious. Um, and that's not really the sort of people I think you want in, in a company. Um, I don't want them in my company if they haven't got ambition. I want them to want to move forward. And um, and I think that, yeah, the relationships and the friendships that we're building and the praise I give them and the incentives that we put in place. But also, I do have to have conversations sometimes, but it's always coming from a place where they understand. And um, I, I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I had a conversation with someone um, and they they said, yeah, that's completely unfair what you're saying. Like it's never, I don't, that's not happened. So, um, you know, I, I feel like it's really healthy and um, I think it's just important to just treat people with respect and it goes both ways, you know, it goes both ways and you'll get the best out of your staff. I don't know, would you agree with that? Do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Sounds, yeah. Right. Sounds about that... right, doesn't it? I hope so. I'll try to just <laughs> it as we go along. It seems, it seems like it's working, to be honest. So yeah. I, hope it, I hope I'm right. And I think we are, we are just, and I think most business owners and managers, unless you've been there before, you know, and we have, we do, we work our way up the scale, you know, we all start working very, very young, but I think we, we are kind of just going in blind a lot of the time because, you know, we, we're not really, sometimes we're not sure of how to approach. And I think when there, what you were saying then, I, the, the word that came to mind was conflict resolution you know there is it's not always going to be lovely and perfect and fun at work it's not and as a manager that's your that's your that's what you're there for as a ceo that's you know you are you're driving this train but sometimes you know there are going to be times where we're going to have to have hard conversations we're going to have to say i'm really sorry you know this isn't working why don't we look at it this way but it's the manner in which we say that it's the and, we, and you said earlier around empathy you know if we're able to meet people where they are then it's going to be a lot easier for everybody to kind of leave that conversation feeling heard, feeling seen and feeling, you know, yeah. wanting to move past that, that conflict, if it were. Yeah. It's, it's like anything like, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think that like, it's like, look, you know, I won't compare it to parenting, right? But I've got an eight year old daughter and it's you like, again, there's no exact science to it at all like she's only eight i'm sure there'll be plenty of parents probably that end up hearing this that say you've got it all to come don't worry you haven't <laughs> sussed it out yet but um and i and i would agree but um but i think the the goal is so that i would hope anyway that she'll always be able to come to me and talk to me about anything maybe that's a naive thought of me to think that but i don't i don't necessarily think it is and if i'm open with her and allow her to have certain thoughts and certain conversations and i don't just boss her about then hopefully she'll feel comfortable coming to talk to me about things. And in the same way, it just works the same way when you're dealing with anyone. Um, so I just I just think that it's really important to to to, to do that. And and then hopefully everyone will do their job and not think you're too much of a hard hard ass, you know. Which Absolutely. Is important. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, look. But I think there's trust as well. And and there's no option now because of the way that the world is going with the way that people are working. And, you know, we, we obviously spoke about, you know, what, what's sort of getting us to, to this point and the working from home stuff is what made me start the company because I thought, well, if I'm calling from my home on my mobile, on my laptop, 
I might as well be doing this for myself, hadn't I? Yeah. And um, so, so from that point, it was remote working um, until we until we got out of the first lockdown. I think I can't remember what month it was. It might have been September. So I think we what I worked May till September on my own in the house with a bit of help from like referral partners and things like that. And then in September, I got an office and um, we was allowed to go back to work. And then I made my first couple of hires. Um, and then we just went from there. Myself and my business partners sort of just brainstormed and, and, and sort of orchestrated everything from from uh, from May onwards. But um, it was very much just me calling people and working from home uh, at the beginning. Um, but yeah, so, so I suppose working remotely is something that I'm and now accustomed to work where you like if it's in a cafe if you want to go into the office um and there's massive pros like for instance there'll be people like you know i met a guy um in the summer who had a cocktail making business and his business was always showing people how to make cocktails um just doing training yeah like cocktail training you know the, what you do you pay and you a group of friends go and do it and all that sort of stuff well when this happened, he wasn't too sure what he was going to do. And he was close to just cl closing the business. Then he made his cocktail, um, you know, package and everything in a box, sends it to businesses to give to their employees so they can do online cocktail making classes. Oh, brilliant. And his business has gone from there to there throughout the last two years. There's a guy who owns a bicycle shop around the corner from me, always just did little bits and pieces and repairs, didn't really sell too many bikes. Everyone's getting encouraged to do outdoor activity because they're working from home. His bike sales go through the roof. These people, and me included, are happy with what's happened, not in general, but the work from home stuff has been a positive impact because it's led to successes. And there's obviously going to be plenty of people out there that have sacrificed a lot, lost a lot. Like if you told me I had to work at home from 2018 when I moved up to Glasgow originally, if this had happened then, I would have been in a new place on my own. I wouldn't have made any friends from being in the work environment. And I would have been stuck in a bedroom on my own in a flat in Glasgow. And that would have been a really negative thing. And there's plenty of people that have have done that. So the impacts of working from home are from one extreme right to the other extreme and everything in between. And um, so I think it's like when we have these conversations about how to deal with it and that bringing me back to that point with the, the R and D company that I was working with that were micromanaging me, it's no good having 40 people on a call and telling them all, this is how you can do it. Cause you've not been to my house. You don't know where I'm, I live. You don't know if I've got a, an ensuite or a cinema in my house and I'm all right in a complex yeah. or if I'm on my own and, you know, I'm sort of relying on that social interaction to feel good and, and to get that um, social activity. And that's where I got it and, um, you know, was at work. And um, so I think it's really important to, to sort of make that observation that it's different for so many different people. And that's why we can't just put one size fits all approach to it. No. And it's and it's true because, you know, I was in when lockdown happened the first time I was actually in Thailand but I was in the pokey yeah. room in Thailand because we'd just moved. Um, we were looking for somewhere new to live and we thought we'd go into a little B&B &B for, you know, for five minutes. And then we're yeah. there for three months, you know. And yeah. it I was... actually remember speaking to you about that before when yeah. I was going to come in. My other half were going to come out and I messaged you about it. Um, 
and yeah you were stuck in that sort of hut place weren't you yeah and it was like so i <laughs> even though i was in this really tropical lovely world i like or part yeah. of the world i was really you know i was in i was in a tiny little bed set um and but that's where i created me mind you know so i kind of went all right well yeah. this is what we've got to do this is okay so that was okay for me yeah. but it wasn't okay for other people you know so i so i do get that and i think it does yeah. and i think the 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 key ingredient to letting you know or having well, I'm trying to how how do I put this into words I'm trying to say that in order for us to move through or through past anything whether we are employers yeah. employees going through a world pandemic doing any of these things that key mm. ingredient is mindset you know and you said yeah, it there I'm yourself saying. you you know and you and you're obviously um testament to that you know there's been obviously trials and tribulations over the course of you know you building your business and prior to that too but it does it depends on how we how we think and I think we have to have that response you know we have to take on that responsibility to say it's our responsibility to figure this stuff out and then it's also our responsibility to pass this on to the people that work for us too because what good is it standing at the top of the hill going I'm the queen of the castle when you know we've yeah. got all these people below us that you know that also need our help too so and they're the ones that have yeah. actually helped us build it to be standing at the top 100 percent, 100 percent. and you know it's we've made such like huge steps with these sort of discussions definitely like i think about it now and like, i'll just be honest and sort of explain from my personal circumstances like you know things but like i think about now when i was younger and i couldn't really pinpoint why i wasn't very happy i didn't know um but I just weren't I just weren't I was like always full of anxiety I was always worried and like depressed and I didn't really ever and it's sad to think that when you think about you as the younger self like 14 15 whatever 16 even um just thinking like I don't really see what the point is like, I'm never gonna like house prices are too expensive I'm never gonna be like that guy that owns a house I'm never gonna be like now nah, there's just no point and that's how I felt back then and it's weird because not weird but it's good that at this stage now, and this is why I think it's important to have these conversations is kids like that now understand and it's an open conversation. So they might be able to, whether or not they're going to be able to move on from those feelings or not, but at least identify what it is. Because mm -hmm. I just didn't, I just didn't know. It wasn't even a conversation, you know, it would have just been like, oh man up, mate. Do you know what I mean? Suck it up, like uh, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so I feel like, and obviously going back before me being 15, 16, even more so, like the older generations, even more so, just pull your socks up and get on with it. So I think it's really important that we have those conversations. And But um, social media has definitely played a huge part in us comparing ourselves to others in a really negative way. And um, when you're looking at what someone's doing, like people might see, and this is why, again, why I wanted to, how you know, happy to have this conversation and everything about this stuff, because when someone might see what you're posting on, Instagram or Facebook or whatever and think oh he's got a nice car or whatever you know he's in a nice place there you're not going to post like stuff because you don't want to share like vulnerability there's nothing wrong with you know not sharing this stuff because it's intimate and it's your, it's your personal stuff sharing a car it's just a, an object but sharing that you are anxious about something is a personal thing to share yeah. now so it's not a negative for not sharing that but because people don't share that and all you see is that nice stuff, you think, 
oh, if you're in a bad place and you're seeing someone, oh, I bet he's had it nice. I bet he's had it nice. When I first moved up to Scotland, there was times when I went, I used to get into the office about half an hour before anyone else because I didn't want everyone looking at me when I walked in to the office because I felt like everyone was watching me and I had to walk past everyone to get to my desk. So I'd make sure I got in and sat down before anyone else was there. And if I hadn't managed to get in earlier, I'd be fucking, oh, sorry, but I'd be, sorry. I'd be, you know, rushing, r- rushing for my, rushing, pardon my, my French, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be rushing to my desk to, to get in and, and have my head down. And, and um, there was nights when I would like, I remember walking home, which was like 45 minute, 50 minute walk instead of a five minute chew, because I got to the subway and there was just too many people on it. And I just felt like anxious that everyone was looking at me and Obviously, they weren't. It was just in my head, but I just felt like, yeah. like all on edge. So I had to, I had to just walk out of the station, and that happened so many times. Um, then, because obviously, maybe because of the move, and I was on my own and stuff like that out there. But and, and that's why the whole thing with the employers being really empathetic towards your situation, and 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 maybe un- taking the time to understand why you need to do two jobs, or where you're at, or what's going on, is really important rather than just sort of, um, you know, suggesting that someone's doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, so so for me, that's really important that people are honest about this stuff because all of that stuff that I might show now, it ain't been, it ain't, you know, I'm 33 this year. It's, ne- it's not always been like that, you know what I mean? So it's, it's important to, to be honest, you know. And thank you for sharing that because I think, and I think that's really important and you make it it's such a valid point that and like I was saying earlier about the whole Thailand trip everyone was like oh my god this must be amazing you know but I was in my head and I was like dying inside because I was filled with so much anxiety and stress and I didn't know what was going to happen and I didn't know whether I should go home and then I couldn't go home you know and it was all these and I just didn't I was like ah what do I do now you know, and then I just yeah. had to put one foot in front of the other and just go, do you know what? We just have to take today by today and, and yeah. see how we go. And but I don't think that that's it's not extraordinary to that we've gone through that. I think everybody goes through it and we all do it. But like you say, it's it, it's not it's not positive to stick that on social media or to go, hey, I'm struggling a little bit. Or if I say this, I don't know if you're going to meet me halfway or if you're going to judge me, and then I'm going to feel even worse. And I think by opening up these conversations, and by saying, you know what, it is okay to talk about it, and it is okay to feel like, excuse my French, shit, you know, and it is okay to say that it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a tricky situation right now. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm going to show up tomorrow, and we're going to, and we're going to try again. And because there are a lot of people that don't have that opportunity to, to even know that it's safe, to say that because that might never have been their yeah. experience before. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think people that maybe push it to the back and feel like they can't say it are probably the ones suffering the, the most, mm. I would say. So, um, you know, when you're younger, you lean into things that maybe heighten the anxiety and you lean into things that maybe heighten the, the things that make you get inside your own head too much. And I think that as you get a bit older and you live for other stuff, like obviously I live for my daughter now, like, and my life's changed since she's come around because it's not about you anymore. It's about them. So then things get better. But when it's about you, 
it's not good, which is what I felt. Um, but now it's about her, things got a lot better. So um, I would definitely say that um, the then just better on yourself, those feelings got less and less as she got older and older and I spent more and more time with her. Those feelings got less and less. And, you know, obviously you find yourself in a position where I sort of know what's good for me and know what's what's not. Still get a bit worried every now and then about stuff, but it's all normal stuff that's, that's manageable. Um, you know, I try not to drink too much because I really do suffer with the fear. They call it the fear. Yeah. <laughs> about a month afterwards. Um, so, yeah, I try not to drink really too much. Like um, last year, I went sort of six, seven months without drink and then I caved in the summer this year. I'm determined to make it the whole year. Um, but, yeah, so I think it's really important to to do that. And, and again, you can sort of be then a, a role model for the people that work for you um, because they might, you know, lean towards more positive stuff as well. Maybe go on more walks, less nights out, more meals out, stuff like that. And, um, you know, hopefully we can make a bit of a positive impact on like life, on their life as well as their working life, you know? Absolutely. And I think that is important and, and leading by example, you know, you, especially mm -hmm. when you are running a team of people, they kind of do look up to you because yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's just that hierarchy mentality but it doesn't you know and I try not to be um I'm I'm like I can't do anything without the people that work with me you know I, I can't and no. I'm, I'm only one person and I can't create all of this stuff that we do as a business without everybody that yeah. works with me and I you know I'm at the bottom of that chain these guys are at the top I'm I'm sat at the bottom yeah. I've got a few ideas but they're not coming to life without them and yeah but the, either way like the the stuff that I say and what I do and even more that I've got a podcast and my business is primarily around mental health I have to show up and and lead by example I can't be having mm. I can't be out every weekend getting smashed and then come into work on Monday be like mm, ah yeah. you know uh, oh my god I'm having mm. a mental breakdown because it's like well, you've got to eat your own dog food haven't you <laughs> it doesn't make any sense um so yeah it does i i i hear you um before we um wrap things up and kind of um head off for today is there anything else that you have felt you know over the course of i don't know you running your business and being an employee that you found really helpful and tools that you've done that have helped maintain your mental health and of you know and try and show up in the best capacity that you can in your working day yeah yeah I think that um I think you need to be you need to take time and this has been difficult for me you need to take time to focus on other things outside of work so you do need to switch off um however much you want to make progress and want to get somewhere you when you get there it's not going to be you, you know it's not over then when you yeah. get there because you've got to keep going so it is more of like it's again it's a cliche but it's true that's why they say it it's more of a journey than a destination. And um, so I would say that you need to find the right balance that works for you. And if that's, you know, um, playing computer games or going for walks or spending time with your family or whatever it is, you need to be doing that and you need to switch off from your phone, something we all struggle with, I do struggle with. So I'm not like a, you know, um, like a, a one with myself, like a monk or anything <laughs> like that. But um, I do switch off, I, but I do switch off and I've, and I've done it more and more as time's gone on, uh, at the beginning for the first year, it was nonstop. I was working 
stupid out like from when I woke up I'd be laying in bed laying down on the phone like in bed on the phone talking to people about work until 12 o'clock and then the same thing over and over again for the first however long you know um I go and see family and I'm on the phone and I've got my laptop open and I'm on the phone while I'm visiting grandparents or you know my mum or whatever and I'm on the phone and I'm just and it and you know they're great glad to see me doing doing well but um but I've learned that Listen, that opportunity is not going to go anywhere. This is we've we're getting there, and you can maybe give yourself a bit of a break and and take a bit of a you know not not a step back, but you can. You're allowed to have a couple of hours in the day, and as an employee, I think that's really important as well. Um, and uh, I think that you should. One of the things that I would definitely say is bring to the attention of the people who are in charge how you're feeling. If you feel like you've worked you can't get your head wrapped around this certain bit of work. Just tell, just tell someone, don't sit and struggle with something for too long. Um, you know, don't dwell on problems. Just look for, when you recognize a problem, look for the solution. Don't go around in circles, look for a solution to the problem. And that's, that's what I would say that I've, I've sort of done over the last couple of years and here, here we are. So. Brilliant. Thank you. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Um, I really do, really do appreciate it. Um, I'll put all of the details of your yes I'll um I'll put all the details of your business on um on the podcast and if anybody is interested in what James does um you'll be able to find it all there too perfect right. thanks Jess Welcome. cheers